Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Sports Fantasy Podcast and hopefully welcome to the Fantasy Playoffs. I'm Liz Loza and I am joined by... Scott Bianowski, as well as Matt Harmon. Why are you glaring at me, Harmon? Lord. <laughs> You're so much more excited about the fantasy playoffs than I am. I don't know. I'm not, I, don't, I never really get excited wow. about fantasy playoffs. I don't know. what is that. Is that a wrong Great thing Great enthusiasm to say? for your job. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Matt, have you ever made the fantasy playoffs? I think back in probably like 2010. 2010, I think I did one time. You know what we should do? I think we should just play 13 weeks and just not keep score. You know, it's like Terry Gar said in the movie Let It Ride. Why don't they just let the horses run around the track and nobody bets on them? Let's yeah. Just, you know, own players and just have a theoretical score and then give everybody a participant ribbon. And then, um, I don't know. Wow. Participation ribbons. What What is this, like some millennial fantasy podcast? Uh, yeah. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> as the, as the resident millennial, yeah, I'm like Ty Webb and Caddyshack. I don't I don't keep score. You know, I don't I don't play golf against. I will admit that in people. some of my leagues, I'm thrilled to no longer have to set yeah. a lineup because they yeah. can be put down like old Yeller. I've been faithful. I've been good every week, but I got the rabies, and someone needs to just put me out <sighs> of my want misery. Dead dogs in this po- <laughs> old Yeller. Man, what a sad movie. Oh, well, not everyone can make Terry Gar references like yourself, so. Who is Terry Gar? I have no idea. <laughs> All right. It's time to look into our crystal balls. And that sounded funny. It is time to look into the future and think about. <laughs> Holy hell. Tomorrow's That's headlines. A injury. Today. Flesh wound. So this first headline is actually occurring in the present. It already Today's happened. Headline. Today, when you listen to this tomorrow, that's how upset the Packers ownership was. They fired Mark Mike McCarthy moments after the Packers dropped their third game in a row to the three and nine Cardinals, no less. This means that, oh, my goodness, Philbin, Joe Philbin is the offensive coordinator. And if there was any play caller more vanilla than Mike McCarthy, it is. Joe Philbin. So my hot take is that nothing is going to change except for maybe Aaron Rodgers feeling better about things a little bit. Yeah, I can't possibly imagine having like some kind of (laughs) 
take on how that well this is definitely going to be like the Marquez Valdez Scantling show right <laughs> like if you look at X receivers and whatever of the past Joe Philbin offenses this is clearly Equinemia St. Brown here I mean we, go. we are looking at some aggressive up-tempo stuff yeah, right no, now I, I mean I think this move was pretty much just done based off like look everybody knows we're getting rid of Mike McCarthy. I mean, every time they cut to Aaron Rodgers during any game these days, he looks like miserable. He looks like he's doesn't look like he's a all pro starting quarterback of one of the most storied franchises in the NFL. He looks like he's like, I don't know, packing shelves at a Ralph's somewhere around town. <laughs> like he looks apps. No, like if look, if you pack shelves around a Ralph's, I don't mean to take a shot at you. I'm just nice saying every man shot right there. Yeah, Right. I mean, oh God, you know, coastal elite over here just taking shots at the at the <laughs> at the every man. Just I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Trying to move but, to Asheville, North Carolina and live uh, your yoga yoga retreat do, do dream. You throw all your food organically on a farm or something? Do you, Only the Brussels you know, sprouts. You know, I used to have a good balcony garden at my okay. old place. with, uh, oh. But then I moved into a dump that I just finally moved out of. Now I'm in a nice place. I got a great balcony. If you follow me on Instagram, I'm posting stuff from there all the time. I got to get a new garden. What the hell are we talking about? Oh, Joe Philbin, who's not growing See, any See, wait, this is gr- it is more interesting to watch. To, it is more intriguing watching tomatoes grow than it is talking about Joe Philbin. Yeah. Well, well, wait a minute, though. The, the point here is that the new head coach is not Mike McCarthy. Yeah. Maybe so, Philbin will have a better relationship with Rodgers. I don't even care what Philbin calls if he can just get along with Rodgers and they can actually seem like they're on the same page because McCarthy McCarthy and Rodgers were – that was a couple that needed to break up and everybody realized it. And I think Rodgers maybe wanted to expedite it just with some of his body language. I'm not saying Philbin has any future here. I, I think they'll probably just hire a new coach at the end of the season. But for fantasy purposes, Rodgers has been so vanilla this season. I mean he's been – he's certainly been a lost player. I realize where you drafted him, it's kind of hard to make a profit. But if you draft him, you're probably wondering why am I getting outscored by all these ordinary quarterbacks every week. So I'm just excited that Mike McCarthy can't screw this up anymore. Yeah. Not that Philbin's going to fix it. But Leave it to the guy in the turtleneck. He's going to do it. I have a question for you, Scott, about this change. If Joe Philbin were potentially to look back at some of the decisions that Mike McCarthy made, do you think he might look at the backfield in particular and say, enough with this split backfield Jamal Williams stuff. Let's just let Aaron Jones carry the ball as much as possible, especially if you're looking at a week 14 matchup against Atlanta, who I don't I don't know if you're aware of this stat, Scott, but the Falcons have given up. Oh, what is it? The most receptions to opposing running backs. Do you know that? Yeah, it's Mind blown. I mean, obviously injuries ruined the Atlanta defense from beginning of the season. They've been in giveaway all year. You would think Jones theoretically could be a beneficiary, and I'm sure McCarthy will look back if he has any good sense and realize that you know, the way he handled the backfield was totally wrong. I, I know Jamal Williams was, you know, was great in pass blocking and all that, but Jones is a much better player, and that's something that McCarthy fought and, and probably to his ultimate demise. But, you know, it's always weird when a coach gets fired when he's quote unquote successful and the idea that McCarthy won a Super Bowl, went to the playoffs a lot. Um, I'm sure we're probably going to be at the spot with Marvin Lewis pretty soon. And, you know, the point is Marvin Lewis did elevate the franchise from where they were previously. It just also on the same token, if it, on a different token, it feels strange that you can have Aaron Rodgers for as many years as the Packers have and only make one Super Bowl trip. That bag feels light. Uh, but it's not like McCarthy was – it's not like he was um, you know, Hugh Jackson. It's not like he was having losing seasons you know, continuously and, and they were a laughing stock. It's just always felt like Green Bay was a good team when they should have been a great team. McCarthy went out giving 11, care, 11 touches to Jamal Williams today. Boo. 
Uh, so he went down, you know, he did it his he, Frank Sinatra reference here. He I did, did it, it right. my yeah, way. way. Yes. Yeah. If I'm going to go down, Matt, I'm going. Matt Harmon Twitter reference, yeah. Yes, indeed. I did it my way. So uh, I think that the whispers are that uh, John Dorsey is going to act fast and make Mike McCarthy the next head coach of the Cleveland Browns. So Woo! it's going to be great when some seventh round plotter is like taking away carries from Nick Chubb next year. So enjoy that one, Cleveland. Well, you asked, you asked Twitter, Matt, you asked, what is the most attractive job? You were assuming that Carolina will eventually turn over Rivera. Yes. I think you asked, is the Cleveland Browns job, the Carolina Panthers expected job, or the Green Bay Packers job the most attractive for a future coach? I mean, if you Packers right now have a 3,000, no, see, okay, 3,000 votes right now, Packers are taking it 50%. Browns at 32%, Panthers at 15 and then I have other, and please reply, 3%. A couple hopeless Dallas fans were in there like, oh, Dallas will be good. No, Jer- J- Jason Gary's getting that extension, baby. They're He's winning already that sold, division. sold to the devil. Yeah, give me That's a break. Not- They're getting that extension. But Tampa Bay, I mean, a couple people replied with that, but A, you may or may not have your quarterback on the roster. Do you need one that of, quarterback on the your, roster? Well, but um, they'll have that will be a need, and – one of this, like one side of the ball is completely rotten. The defense is rotten to the core. Rotten particularly nothing. because of injury, though. I mean, that's... But I don't... I mean, who's... Who, yeah, they've gotten even worse, but they were bad even when they were healthy to start the year. And they also have no run game. They have problems on the offensive line. I, obviously, they have an attractive skill position set there. But other than that, I mean, I don't think Tampa Bay is even in this conversation. Some of us like a little it, bit of a challenge. Is Cincinnati in the oh, conversation? Is that a good I mean, that's, yeah, that's another thing, too. Like, this is a total tangent, but there are a lot of potential openings this year. I think I do think the Panthers' job opens up. The fact they have a new owner, I think that they, that Ron Rivera gets pushed out there, and I I think it's deserved at this point. Tampa Bay is going to probably open up. Cincinnati could open up. I I do think Greg Williams will take one of the other eleven offers, and he will not become the Browns' the head Jets coach. Is about the to Jets, go. exactly right. Like Chase Stewart from Football Guys quote tweeted us and was like, "Sucks for the Jets fans," and he's one of them that like they're not even in the conversation here right. and they have a, a promising depending on how you feel about Sam Darnold they have a promising rookie quarterback so there's a lot of really interesting job options here and you know we've got like Cliff Kingsbury rumors from the college ranks I mean there's a there's gonna this is gonna be a fun buzzy head coaching search here I think in the next couple of months I wonder if Arizona's job stays static because good, they pulled off one. this win today well their GM is going to get fired, right? Mayor, I mean, he he may or may not get fired. Uh, there's this is a very intriguing time, I, I think. Uh, and Baltimore is another one. If Baltimore doesn't make the playoffs, I think John Harbaugh could be out. I mean, he is. He's or, been. Talked I can even about see Harbaugh walking away. I can uh, even very very good point. Say, uh, you know what? It's just time for me to do something else. It's time for me to coach or take a year off somewhere else. Most coaches are not made to be in the same position for a long period of time. No doubt. None of us are. Um, But you know who is doing something, Matt, that you noticed? I believe that you akined Russell Wilson to taking a sledgehammer to Abacus's worldwide. Yeah. I mean, he can like, you know, your fantasy players or guys you're a fan of, you know, they're doing good when you've got all of our great colleagues that are just heavy you know, touchdown regression, math heavy guys. I, we, we all do a little bit of this analysis ourselves, but when they keep talking about these players week after week and then they never regress. Uh, Russell Wilson today throws four touchdowns on 17 attempts. 
Tyler Lockett continues to crush without any real volume. He scored again on a 50-yard touchdown. Oh, he's touchdown. smashing. He's smashing. I mean, smashing my lineup, smashing in my box scores, everything. It's wonderful. Russell Wilson, QB3 today, again, despite the fact that he rushed for just 14 yards, threw for just 17 passes. I, 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 this Seahawks passing offense, this Seahawks team in general, I know it was a cakewalk matchup against the 49ers, but this is a team that, I mean, they don't really have a bunch of fringe players, but it's an offense that I'm suddenly excited about, which if you had told me that I was going to say that about this Brian Schottenheimer-led unit, you know, all those months ago, I would have told you you were crazy, but here we are. I, I, I think the Seahawks offense is really, really interesting. What do you make of the backfield? Do you have any thoughts? Uh, Chris Carson hurt his finger. Yeah. I, I mean, it's... It's been mostly an avoid for me. I don't really have much invested in any of these guys. I, I don't have Chris Carson on any teams. I certainly don't have Rashad Penny on any teams. I think there's a scenario where maybe Penny gets some more work going forward if, if Chris Carson's hurt. But they like they love Chris Carson. That's clear. But it's also clear that he's just constantly going to be nicked up uh, the rest of the way. Scott, you had some thoughts about Josh Allen and his wheels, but also about his arm and I'm guessing the lack of touch behind it. I know I'm going to regret saying this, but he reminds me a little bit of early John Elway. And, and if you're not old wow. enough to remember John Elway, Whoa. remember, he wasn't that good at the early part of his career. He had a terrible rookie season. But Josh Allen is athletic and he's got a ridiculous arm. And what, 99 rushing yards last week, 135 this week, which I think is the sixth most from a quarterback since the merger. We all know what a cheat code rushing production is from a quarterback. And today, like, two touchdowns to Zay Jones, who, who dare I say, looks like a football player. Uh, he had a wide open Charles Clay to win the game at the end of the season, at the end of the season, end of the game, but uh, missed Clay on that throw after he had turned his back on the defense like two or three times. You're oh, not supposed to do that. That's eventually you're just going to get time. clobbered. I, I kept waiting for Allen to absolutely get his lunch handed to him on that play and, you know, have like some season ending injury. But look, I just want the numbers. I know it's ugly. Buffalo's got a good defense, probably a top five defense. We'll see how long they can keep that going because we know that isn't always continual season in, season out. But all this talk about Lamar Jackson. Oh, he's going to run. He's going to do this, going to do that. You know, he's a great value in DFS. I don't know why people weren't playing Josh Allen. We gave him to you at Yahoo for 20 bucks, the stone minimum this week. And I didn't see him played in a lot of my contests. I did use him in the Stopa DFS. I'm not going to win that for other bad picks I made, but at least I can feel good about Allen. Look, we just want the numbers. It's not pretty. At least the receivers, at least Jones has become, you know, I, I know four catches on 67 yards on nine targets. You don't throw a parade for that, but at least it seems like he's trying snap to snap, which makes him better than Kelvin Benjamin. Ugh. Josh Allen is a, is a, right now a pretty good fantasy player. I have a couple of teams with Stafford. I'd play Josh Allen over Stafford wow. right now. Yeah. You know what? I, last week he was in, it was in my week 12 recap column and like, I don't know whether Josh Allen's going to be good or not. I mean, obviously he runs, which is terrific for fantasy for, for real football. Like he just has some awful, awful throws, as you mentioned, like just straight misses wide open guys. He does turn his back to the defense, which is a bad idea, not just because you're going to get clobbered, but also it's just tactically, it's not a wise thing to do from the quarterback position. And I do think he's going to get himself crushed on some of these hits. But like, you know what? I respect the hell out of the guy after seeing him in the NFL. I didn't know what kind of prospect he was going to be. But at the very least, you got to say he's a badass. So oh, his competitive levels yeah. off the off the. We charts, also have to talk definitely. about the fact that his matchup next week is against the Jets. Right. They so just lost to the Titans. 
<laughs> they and, they're, and their bro coach. And uh, Sam Darnold should be back. Their bro coach. I love that. Sam Darnold should be back next week. So I think that that's another intriguing matchup for Allen. And an interesting rookie versus rookie showdown. Yeah, I mean, I kind of forgot Sam Darnold existed until I saw him on the sideline for the Jets. Tell me this. Other than Baker Mayfield, if you had to put your chip on a rookie quarterback, oh, say, in a dynasty league, who would be angling for? I mean, in a dynasty league, it's different just because I do think – I think Jackson's a smarter runner than Josh Allen. Like, I'm I'm confident Josh Allen's going to get clobbered out there. I think Jackson's a little bit smarter as a runner. I also think he has shown enough flashes. So if you're strictly talking for a dynasty league, I do think it's Jackson. And But, I mean, if you're talking about, like, like from a team-building perspective, like NFL perspective, I th- these guys, I have no freaking clue. Uh, I think Rosen was the that best. That was mine. Rosen was the best quarterback coming yeah. in, but, like – God, what is going on there? And there well, is if offense. they change, if they if the GM gets fired and there's a giant regime shift, they still have pieces. Let's assume Larry Fitzgerald isn't on the team, but Christian Kirk looks Christian pretty Kirk clutch play. every Christian single week. Week his rapport with Rosen is money. David Johnson's still electric. Forget this Chase Edmonds stuff. I know we're going to be forced <laughs> to talk about it later, but we'll I would see. say Josh Rosen is still my would be the all in option for me. Well, all the guys you were mentioning is more reasoning for me of why I'm disappointed in Rosen. I think he was put in a position to succeed or at least kind of keep his head above water. Mm. I don't think he's played very well. But again, there's all sorts of rookie quarterbacks who, as I said, Elway was terrible his rookie year. Steve Young on the Buccaneers was horrendous his first couple of seasons. And then, you know, he got he landed in heaven with with Jerry Rice and. Bill Walsh and all that, but uh, Terry Bradshaw was bad his rookie year. It's uh, Jared Goff. I mean, he was, remember him and Wentz when people thought they were wasted picks and turns out they're not, but I still think Darnold's going to be pretty good. It's hard to take a lot from this season. He's been hurt. They had the problem with the snapper. I don't think they have really good pieces there, especially with Robbie Anderson missing most of the season, but it's not a bet I make with any conviction. I mean, it's kind of Mayfield towers over this group, kind of like if Saquon Barkley is going to tower over everybody else at running back probably, but Um, Right now, I would still side with Darnold. Well, I don't know if any of these rookies are going to do what Patrick Mahomes did in his second season. Mm. Let's talk about the Chiefs, obviously without Kareem Hunt. Spencer Ware, the presumptive workhorse in replacement of Hunt, um, carried the ball 14 times, caught one additional ball. So he touched it 15 times for 52 yards. He did find a score. I was surprised, frankly, that he didn't get another score in the second half of the game. But Damien Williams was in the mix. And the, there are now expectations that C.J. Anderson is going to come in and will probably be signed by the team. Scott, you have thoughts on how that's no more than an insurance policy? Yeah, I think Ware's a good player. I think they like Ware. I don't I don't know if how blindsided the team was by what happened. Um, I Kudos to the Chiefs for doing the right thing. If it took this long to do it, I mean, maybe they should have done this a long time ago. But. Spencer Ware has been in this offense, knows this offense, can catch the ball, can run the ball, I think can handle 15 to 20 touches a week. I still think he's their lead back. If you're picking up Anderson, if he does sign with the Chiefs, I think it's just as an insurance policy, just as a handcuff. Maybe he's better than Damian Williams, but I'd be flabbergasted if C.J. Anderson started ahead of a a healthy Spencer Ware. Yeah, I think this whole backfield, I don't know, I... I'm going back and forth on the wear thing today. Like in the first halftime with Harmon stream, which I don't know if I've mentioned, you can get on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Uh, when is that on, by the way? When is it on? 2.30 p.m. Eastern and 6 p.m. Eastern. 
Uh, the 6 p.m. Eastern, I am usually joined by one Liz Loza uh, whenever she decides to grace me with her presence on the show. But on the first stream, I mentioned, like, oh, look, Spencer Ware's locked in. He's a running back one. I echoed basically other every other fantasy drone this this week that basically said you got to play Ware over. Top 10 uh, Yeah, top 10 option, whatever, whatever. And then on the second one, I don't know. I started... Liz and I were watching it live. He finally <laughs> popped in a touchdown, but it felt a little nervous. And looking at the box score, too, I mean, Damien Williams is involved. Damien Williams has two catches in this spot. He's got five carries. Ware has 14. I mean, that's a pretty strong share of just the pure running back touches. Schedule isn't great either. The schedule's not great. So, I mean, I'm never, I'm going to always tell you to start a, what I think is a good player leading the carries in a good offense, right? But am I like all in after this game? I think it's kind of comparable to Cortland Sutton when Demarius Thomas got left out, although I think things will go better for Spencer Ware than they have for Cortland Sutton. But I mean, everybody remembered it when when Demarius Thomas got shipped out of town. Cortland Sutton's name was on everyone's lips. Mm-hmm. As, I mean, he's going to be this, that, and that. Like, what the hell were we thinking? He was like a rookie wide receiver, too, who's not really ready. And he's in a Case Keenum offense. I mean... What the, what the hell was all the optimism about? Well, we were looking at his yards per reception right, and right. the opportunities, the, the sample size that we had seen previous the, to the trade. The difference here is, of course, that this is a running back. And it's, again, it's a much, much better offense f- for production. I just think there could be some similarities that the hype, because we're just we're so trained to this guy in after Plug this guy out, you know, and maybe it's just not going to be that way. I, I'm still, I think this is you know, one of the difference still. between, between the two situations we're talking about. I think Denver was being proactive with Sutton. They thought they could get mm. Thomas out before it was too late. And they wanted to play Sutton where Kansas City is being reactive with where it's like, okay, hunt is off the table. Now we have to do something. It's not like they did this of their own mind. Let's see when, where has a full week? I know he's been with the team and running back is a very easy ramp up position. It's not like he had to take quarterback reps or anything, but I think with an extra week for the chiefs to prepare and be fully aware of what's on board, who, what they have, the talent they have available for the next game. I think where will play a lot better. I, I'm going to still rank him next week as kind of a no doubt starter, unless your running back depth chart is loaded. I think that's fair. I think we're looking at volume, right? If that's what we preach all the time, you have to chase the volume and even volume on a good offense too. A volume yeah, on right. Andy right. Reid offense, right? It's not volume on the Jets or you know volume on the sure. Cardinals. It's, it's volume on Andy Reid's team. So with so many field stretchers in play and such um, an electric quarterback, then sure. Although again, Baltimore is not an easy matchup. I'm of course reminded of. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's first rushing score of the season, though, which was against the Baltimore Ravens. So I think you're right. Ultimately, I don't know if I'm going to rank him inside my top 10 again in week. What are we in now? 14. I keep wanting to say 13. I feel it's Groundhog's Day a little bit, but I'm certainly going to rank him within my top 15. I would say 16. Would you do that, Matt? Yeah, I mean, thank God I don't have to do rankings uh, because that sucks. But uh, I I think he's going to be up there for sure. I, th- I think he'd be up there. He'd definitely the be a top The point is to not, to not be playing where you're going to really like your other running backs. Yeah, which is, I mean, if you're a contending team, perhaps you do have two running backs that you really like. But, like, I'm stuck on some teams that are. Because, Scott, I am actually going to the fantasy playoffs in a few leagues this year. Uh, in a few leagues. Not many, but a few. And on those teams, I got guys like Deion Lewis still, you know, How's sucking How's that Allen Robinson pick that you made space. everywhere going to? Hey, 
I got I got some good Allen Robinson teams. G- God God help me. I, Here's still- are you going to apologize? Are you going to apologize to Juju Smith Schuster at some point? Oh, I forgot. I did already. I issued that apology in like week three. That was one Personally, of those like political- you went you went to Heinz Field and and you handed him an envelope. I put on a, I a put Yahoo out a statement. hat, a Yahoo fantasy hat. I put on a, I put out an official statement through my press secretary. You Scott, don't, you don't to know be this? to be honest. Matt has done many mea culpas for Juju, but every week in the hallway, as like on Tuesdays, we both shoot fearless forecasts, and every week he's like, "Man, this is a Rob's week. This is an Allen hey, Robinson hey, game." I'm telling you, seventy nine today. <laughs> I that know, is but every week you say to me offline, "I really think this is the week." And every week I'm like, I, "Maybe." I mean, hey, uh, I always talk with our editorial time. leader Jason Kabaka about how I want to do a piece called "Blown Coverage" and talk about some of my biggest mistakes. And I, that thing would be endless. That thing would be a biblical tome. Yeah, you know that'd be like a ten-part miniseries. When you got to have a take about like every player, you're going to get some wrong. Well, you know what our fantasy followers or our fantasy handle followers or Twitter followers—that's oh what they're they've, called. They've got takes. They have lots of takes <laughs> all the time, and um, a couple of us went ahead and added us. Don't at me, bro. We asked them who went late in drafts and is now a no doubt starter for your playoff team, and Anthony replied, "Nick Chubb." I don't think there's any denying that one. I mean, the Chubb got you got you lucky today uh, with mm. the with the rushing touchdown. Only had nine carries for 31 yards. The script was not going well for Cleveland down there in Houston. Uh, I wrote in my in my preview column for today for today's slate of games like this is a, hey, this is a big test for Cleveland offense that's absolutely rolling with its young stud quarterback and young stud running back. Uh, wasn't exactly up to the test today, uh, especially in the first half. But Chubb did did save you at that touchdown. And even more importantly, he had a nice another nice receiving line. That's what I was going to say. Through the air, he caught three of three for over 40 yards. Which is, that's he's had three catches in three straight games now. He's oh, And he's averaging over 10 yards a catch I mean he's been explosive in the past game I I guess maybe just because Duke Johnson's such a good receiver that people just naturally assumed well Chubb is going to be the game the guy who gets game scripted out but I think Chubb is a complete player and I think he'll be. They, they screwed up. The previous regime screwed up. The oh, idea yeah. it wasn't what a that Chubb could, <laughs> what a couldn't catch. Yeah, right. What a shock there. It wasn't that Chubb couldn't catch the ball. That he wasn't asked to catch the ball. And now Chubb shows that he can play on all three downs. And the last two couple of weeks, I mean, you would think that a 43 attempt game would be a Duke Johnson game or at least a game where he'd have more targets than Chubb. And that hasn't been the case. You can drop Duke Johnson now. But uh, Nick Chubb, to me, will be a second round pick next year and somebody who I'd be excited to actually draft in the second round. Jason Flores brought up Philip Lindsay, who was a waiver wire ad, not even drafted in August or early September. And he Another two touchdowns today, over 150 yards. It feels like a week-in, week-out proposition for this guy to clear, I don't know, top five numbers. Stud. I mean, he's stole with his parents, right? Yeah, yeah, right? He's like a crazy story. In the end zone. They live in the end zone. They have a little little cottage there. I I mean, this is this. what's so great about this is, you know, I talked just a little bit ago about Cortland Sutton. Like, it feels like 50 years ago we were all hyping him up as, like, the next breakout star. It feels like about 500 years ago that we were all hyping up Royce Royce Freeman. (laughs) Don't talk to Brad Remember that that guy? Remember that guy? I I barely remember that he exists. Uh, But at least if Yahoo Yahoo had a correspondent in Denver who could track the the fantasy fortunes of their players, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we would have definitely been on Philip Lindsay, but uh, he's been incredible. I mean, this was a dream matchup today. The Bengals are just absolutely decimated on defense. They've given up the most total yards in the NFL coming into week 13, but he's unbelievable. I think Philip Lindsay is a, is like a legit great runner. 
and he's pretty much the engine of this offense, too. I mean, the Broncos passing offense kind of flows through Emmanuel Sanders, not so much today, but Philip Lindsay's been the most consistent guy week to week. A hundred percent. Dan Heiserman mentioned Robert Woods, who was a player, Matt, that you and I talked about on your show, hashtag halftime with Harmon. And I mentioned, well, you were talking about the fact that you get knocked on Twitter sometimes because you don't show Brandon Cooks enough love. And we talked about how Robert Woods has been the most, he has grown so much since moving to Los Angeles. And he has been the most versatile receiver, whether he's on outside, in the slot, throwing blocks, getting into the rushing action. He has been absolute money, led the team in looks again today, converted Five of nine for 67 yards and another score. I mean, best real life player, I'd say. Of, and uh, well, Philip Lizzie, but best real life player on the squad of the receiving core. There are like two or three really good. Rams fans that chirp at me every single week because in a comp, not even like just a tweet that I like declaratively said this out, but I was talking with a writer from another site, like just going back and forth on Twitter. And they asked me about, they were asking about wide receivers. And they said, do you think Cooks like in the NFL is a top 15 receiver in the NFL? I said, I probably not just because there's so many other really good players out there. And that was like legimately the only reason. And so every week these like two jackals tweet at me about these two jackals tweet at me like, can't believe you don't think Brandon Cooks is a top 15 receiver. I'm like, listen, I almost just cursed there. Listen, you can't come at me with like Brandon Cooks is like, you're so pissed about this Brandon Cooks top 15 receiver take when he might not even be the best wide receiver on his team. And that's not to say Brandon Cooks is not good, but like, what are you just going to drag down Robert Woods and say he's not a good player? I bet just to, I know what stat that they're, they're relying on. What? Cause he's gone over a thousand yards in four straight years. No, who, yards who after a, contact per attempt. Well, drink, but I mean, who cares <laughs> if you go over a thousand yards, four years in a row in 2018, Brandon Cooks is a great player. Robert Woods might be even better. I, I just, what are we not, what are we going to disrespect one guy to prop up another? I don't think so. Get out of here. Get out of my mentions on this one. It's, it's interesting. Interesting that the Saints couldn't wait to get rid of Cooks and the Patriots made no effort to keep Cooks. I think he's a guy who's more important to the Rams, you know, for the clear out routes, for tilting coverage and all that, for the potential of a big play than the plays he actually makes. If Cooper Cup were still healthy, I think Cooks is the third best receiver on this team. As far as Woods being a, a difference maker for fantasy, I agree. I, I guess maybe I feel like a dope because I took him in the fifth and sixth round of my drafts. I have a lot of Woods, and I guess I probably overshot what he could have gone for. Or either that or I got in leagues that I shouldn't have been. No, I, mean, I should have been in leagues that were player. less competitive. But um, I've always liked Woods since he's been with the McVay offense, you know, year and a half, whatever it's been. Uh, big belief. He run everything in the tree. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That this is, is an offense. Remember, they're looking a little bit for an identity, what they're going to do with the goal line. I was disappointed in Josh Reynolds today to get a couple of red zone looks, but only two for 19. Uh, we saw Gerald Everett had a big game in that Monday night game against Kansas City. He didn't do a lot today, but uh, and actually the Rebs just kind of showed up and just kind of outclassed the Lions without playing their best game. I mean, I know Gurley had good numbers and gave us something to talk about at the end of the game, but it wasn't their best passing day. But Woods, to me, is locked and loaded for the rest of the season, no doubt. Scott, it wasn't their best passing day because they didn't need to pass. When you're facing the Lions' run defense and you have Todd Gurley, who is fully rested, you are not going to pass. This is a consistent rule with the Rams. And so, not going to say every week, but so often I am absolutely stunned by the lines that Vegas puts out, expecting Jared Goff to just throw a million times. You don't need to do it. And that's clearly something that McVay is not leaning on on a week to week basis if you've been following this team since week one. Hey, I got a memo from Matt Patricia. He wants you to improve your posture. I, I don't know if you caught that. <laughs> he never wants you to shave again. He wants you to look like a homeless man at the bus station, but he wants you to improve that posture. <laughs> 
All right, let's talk about some pickups. I'm going to start actually back, since we're talking sure. about uh since we're talking about the Rams and Todd Gurley, his backup Malcolm Brown exited this week's contest with a shoulder injury. If he were to miss extended time, then I do think that John Kelly, who's currently available in 100% of Yahoo leagues, becomes an an interesting insurance policy to Gurley. John Kelly is a rookie that I liked a lot. He definitely wowed during the preseason. He scored in week two, and then he scored twice in the dress rehearsal for the regular season week three. Very powerful player. Maybe not the biggest guy, but powerful player. Pass catching ability, hard to take down, elite balance. I like him a lot, and I'd like to see him get some regular season reps if it means that Malcolm Brown will be done for a while. Oh, let's let us not wish that upon anyone. Well, I'm not wishing it, but I'm just saying, <laughs> just you know, it'd be yeah, nice yeah. to peep I got them. You. I got you. Uh, one guy I, I want to talk about is Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson Jr. is 1% owned in, yeah, <laughs> look, I, Liz is Liz is over here like, who the hell is this guy? And I, I mean, I get it. I mean, Jeff Wilson, like, talk about the everyman. Jeff Wilson. He sounds like, like he's a guy on the Beach Boys. Yeah, right? Like so some made-up dude. But no, actually, actually, he had 15 carries for 61 yards and another eight catches for 73 yards. And this wasn't like one of Matt Breida's, like, I, I'm injured and I'm out of the game again. Wilson was featured early on in this game. Uh, he left for a little bit too with an injury, but like, and like what the hell, man? I, I know that people have been frustrated by the 49ers backfield. We've seen, we've seen a lot of discuss, let's just say words put out there on the internet by other analysts about it. Brita goes over a hundred yards, back-to-back games has three catches for over 30 yards and back-to-back games. And we see Jeff Wilson just come out of nowhere and is featured here in the 49ers offense. So I, I don't know. I, would be foolish to try to say what's going to happen next week. If Breed is going to be back out there, if it's going to be Jeff Wilson as the starting back, but I think he better grab Wilson just in case for whatever reason, he's just now the guy in the spotlight. So the only thing that matters right now is, is trying to find upside with your picks at this point. Like I don't need you to go out there and pick up Devonte Parker. Uh, Brett had him on the outline and I whooped, I I guess killed him off there because who cares, right? I know I'm not throwing you under the bus, Brett. I love you and I think you're. I don't think it was Brett. Guy. Is what Brett is saying. Brett's waving his arms and shaking his Fine. head. If it so. wasn't, if it wasn't Brett, then whoever put put him on the outline. We don't, <laughs> we don't need Devonte Parker at this point. Yo, we don't need boss. to be picking up these these depth receivers. Just pick up upside running backs and maybe Jeff Wilson is that. The Soviets have taken over our uh, our document. Soviets <laughs> have also taken over the Arizona backfield where Chase Edmonds gets five carries and two touchdowns. Poor David Johnson gets 20 carries, but not looks at the goal line. Look, 99% owned. You can add Edmonds if you want, if you have David Johnson, you, if you're just looking for a lottery ticket, but it's still a bad team. It's still Johnson's offense. Ed- Edmonds uh, did blow one block that I'm sure they're going to hold against him. They're going to block shame him for that. He, he just, he's just, <laughs> he's not to be a priority pickup. He's somebody who, you play for the big inning early in fantasy in, in August and September. Now you're playing a very specialized strategy of what you need to get through week to week and what makes most sense for your roster shape. I'm not going to prioritize Chase Edmonds. If you give him to me for nothing or for a low bid and I have a roster spot, I'm just kind of fiddling around with, that's fine. But I'm not going to be, I'm not going to chase what he did in this week. It's still David Johnson's offense and it's still a bad football team. I want to talk about Curtis Samuel. He has been money, even with Devin Funches back. 
He scored in back-to-back weeks. This week, he went for over 90 yards, one of these hybrid players. He's got 4-3 speed. Last year, his rookie season, he was hurt, so we weren't able to see the explosive versatility that he offers. But we have seen it over the past few weeks. He is currently available in over 80% of Yahoo leagues. And when you look at Greg Olson potentially re-aggravating that foot issue, which is now recurrent, right? Like, we have to say this is a recurring injury. We we can say that we might have seen the last of Greg Olson. His season's over. I don't yeah, think he's going to play this again. This career could yeah, potentially career could be, be over. over sure. and he so- should fire Jason Witten and hire Greg Olson tomorrow. Oh, please. Oh, man. I, no I, offense to Witten. Witten seems like a good guy, but man, from he, he's not working out. Jiffy. Yeah, he sucks. Um, But I do think that Curtis Samuel's target share can stay pretty level. Yeah, as the Panthers continue to sink away in the toilet. Yeah, but look at how, I mean, they're getting old on defense, but look at how exciting they are on offense. Isn't it funny how Cam Newton, it doesn't matter how great the matchup is, he can screw it up. And how daunting the matchup is, he might go off in it. He's a knuckleballer. When he has it. The defense doesn't mean a thing. And when he doesn't have it, you could have an empty field and he'd screw up. I mean, I, I know it wasn't all him today. He didn't wasn't protected very well. Not at all. But Kim Newton is a guy. I, I know I know a lot of people will just say matchups don't matter anyway. To me, <laughs> if there's one quarterback where matchups really don't matter, it's Cam Newton. Well, Scott, you know what really happened today, right? Uh, Jason Lock and Four from CBS reported that the new owner, David Tepper, is likely looking at making full sweeping changes at the coaching staff, the GM level, uh, if the Panthers don't finish out well. So Cam Newton said, all right, I'm, I can get these guys out of here. Let me, just, <laughs> let me just throw four picks today. No, not really. But but seriously, maybe. I, I thought maybe Superman just doesn't fly to, to Tampa. Is that what it is? I hey, mean, that's a long flight. Not really, actually. It's a really short flight. Do you want to talk about Ian Thomas? I mean, I guess. Yeah, speaking of Panthers, like Greg Olson's out. Ian Thomas is starting. He's 0% owned. Sure, why the hell not? You got a good, you got a better tight end suggestion? I mean, Matt Lacoste was everybody's You know, you're going to come at me about <laughs> Matt Lacoste right <laughs> no, now? I'm not, uh, at me. I'm not just coming at you. Them. It ruined my Josh Allen play. I'm not just cost all over myself. I'm not just, I'm not just coming at you, Liz. There were a lot of people like, hey, Matt Lacoste, kind of interesting. Had four it. targets. And I mean, he had no catches today. And so, hey, look, I'm telling you, pick up Ian Thomas. It's pretty realistic that Ian Thomas could have no catches well, let's, next let's week. Let's end things on not such an adversarial note, but with Scott doing a victory lap, because Scott, I'll have you know that Matt Harmon and I sang your praises earlier True. on this YouTube Twitch stuff. Because you have been pounding the table for Dante Pettis over the past couple of weeks, and he has now scored in back-to-back efforts. Why don't you mention him again, just in case someone missed last week's episode? Well, I think a lot of people missed it because he's 3% owned in Yahoo, so 97% <laughs> available. Is anyone listening out there? He's the priority receiver, and obviously George Kittle's here, but he's the priority wide out in this offense. Uh, we don't know when Goodwin's coming back. I think Garcon's career is, talk about careers being over. I think Garcon's in that bucket. Five for 129 and two touchdowns today. I would start Pettis on any of my playoff teams next week. I mean, as a receiver three, but please go get him. I want him at the top of your pickup list. Well, we will be sure to check on his ownership next week. In the meantime, we will be back on Thursday. Dalton Deldon and I will be holding it down. But please spread the word on social. Uh, you can submit your questions at Yahoo Fantasy. I'm at Liz Loza underscore FF. That's Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And at Scott Pianowski, thank you for joining us as underscore. well. You have no underscores. You are just. I do have bold. an underscore. I was squatting. On my, oh, uh, the, you yeah. are at Scott. Are you following Pianowski? the fake Pianow? He's probably better. Better follow one. You know what? Follow you. Follow whatever Pianowski you want. You want to follow the fake one? You want to follow my little brother? Go for it. <laughs>
Those might be better follows. Follow all the PNOs possible. In the meantime, welcome to the playoffs. Win big and we out. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.